0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. I'm so glad to be back with you again for another episode of the Full Stack Journey podcast, where we talk about the ongoing evolution of the IT professional. So I want to thank you, first of all, for listening and taking time to join me. I'm your host, Scott Lowe, and my goal today, as always, is to help equip and prepare listeners for their journey of learning across the full stack of technologies that are present in today's data centers and public cloud environments Today, I have Darren Shepard joining me, and we're going to be talking about Darren's latest project, Acorn. So Darren, thank you for joining me on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here Talk about Acorn.
0: I'm super thrilled to uh, have you on the show. I know we've been trading emails and tweets and stuff back and forth between you and I and Shannon trying to get this lined up, so I'm glad that we finally got it to work. Let's just start out by you know, having you share a little bit with the listeners, You know who you are, what you do, where you've been, what you've done in the past, all that kind of jazz
1: got my career really started in the infrastructure as a service space, kind of doing cloud uh, to OpenStack and CloudStack were kind of the things that I fooled around with kind of in the more the early of my open source career, and then went into founding or co-founding Rancher. And so a lot of people know me from Rancher days, Rancher, and kind of the biggest project that we did was K3S, actually. So if you use K3S, that was, that was my pet project that I created. So that's something I'm kind of proud of. And uh, so now, after doing Rancher, we're now doing Acorn. And so this is our, our current gig. And the team that basically created Rancher is the exact same team that is creating Acorn. So it's kind of, we enjoyed it so much working together that we decided to do it again.
0: Got it. Yeah, great. No, I mean, I, I think it's actually pretty cool that you guys went off and started Rancher and then you enjoyed working with each other so much that you decided to go do it again. I um, mean, I think that speaks highly of the team and sort of the team chemistry, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So it's like, this was for the four co-founders of Rancher, this is like we did Acorn, but three of the co-founders, n- not me, the other three, they actually did um, cloud.com before that. So like they've even worked even longer. I was, the way I got to know them as I was a customer of them when they did the cloud.com, the, when they did that startup, I was their customer, got to know them, really liked working with them, ended up joining them when they got acquired by Citrix and then, then as a Rancher. So it's like, we even go farther back than than ranchers so it's like yeah we just really really enjoy working together and that's kind of why we're doing this it's just fun
0: yeah it's it's always nice when you get a team that you enjoy working with and having the opportunity to continue to sort of you know do that again under different contexts and that sort of thing so that's pretty awesome i'm uh, i'm happy for you so real quick before we get a little farther uh, any sort of online contact information you want to share twitter handle oh, you know, yeah. anything like that so people in case they want to get in touch with you online
1: The only place you can find me, the only thing I ever do is I'm on Twitter and I'm very active on Twitter. My handle is it's I build the cloud and you can go there and listen to me complain about everything. A lot of I just I just complain about everything that I do. Um, So that's what I'm kind of known for. A lot about Kubernetes, uh, just all the (laughs) hassles of of that. So, yeah, that's where you, you can you can find me. Oh, I should probably pitch the company too. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, that might be a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, so there's, that was me personally, sorry. I'm a little self-centered, you know. No, but like Acorn itself, acorn.io and and everything we're doing is open source right now. So you can find it all on GitHub. Um, So GitHub, acorn-io, that's the org. But um, if you go to Acorn.io, that's the company. And so that's where you're going to find out the stuff for Acorn Labs. And you can see like our, our current open source project. We have a lot more coming very soon, but um, our current open source project. We'll talk about that.
0: Okay. Yeah. We're going to get into Acorn in a minute. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Perfect for that. So before we get into Acorn, which is the primary reason for the podcast, I like to do this little thing where I just ask people, you know, a few questions about them, right? Sort of, you know, rapid fire, you know, multiple choice sort of questions, you know, nothing serious, whatever, and try not to be too terribly controversial. So, our, you know, our favorite one is like, you know, uh, you know, favorite Linux or Unix editor or an Emacs or a VI guy. So which is that? VI,
1: yeah, of course. Okay. It's the only okay. One.
0: All right. Very good. Operating system, Linux, Mac, or Windows?
1: Linux for about 25 years, but surprisingly, I've been trying to switch to Windows for the last like three, two to three years.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, we, yeah you know, we might have to revisit that and, and, you know, yeah. see, see how well that goes. Okay.
1: <laughs> not a popular one. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: not a popular one. I, I get it. All right, let's move on. Let's get into serious stuff here. Acorn. So tell us what, what is Acorn?
1: So basically what we're trying to do with Acorn is, I mean, it's a containerized application platform. We're trying to build an app platform. We like the container. We've worked with containers a long time. I, I think containers is still a very useful generic primitive and so we built a platform kind of around that but more geared towards application kind of above not so much infrastructure at this point we kind of were of the belief that we can abstract away a lot of the infrastructure and so that's kind of where acorn sits is if you have an application you have know, basically something you want to run in a container that container is going to talk to some other services you need to scale and run that or whatever then it's a good good platform so Kind of like where we would sit is like, if you're looking at like ECS or EKS, like I think ECS is a is a decent place where it's like, if you're looking at ECS, then consider Acorn as a solution. Um, and then also you know, all the paths that exist out there too, where it's just, you're just, you know, you're more focused on, you want to run your application, packaging up and running your application, then, you know, managing and running the infrastructure.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So I was going to ask when you said, you know, containerized application platform, because that could be, you know a buzzwordy phrase that a lot of people could use yeah. without having something like actually, you know, significant behind it but when you made the comparison to ECS and to some of the other platform as a service options and I think that kind of helps clarify what you guys are trying to do.
1: My go-to in the past has always been like people will tell me because you know, I've worked in the Kubernetes ecosystem you know, forever here or whatever, or as long as it existed. If people would always ask me like, hey, I'm a new company, what should I do? I'm using Docker. I want to, how do I deploy into production? My go-to is always ECS. Um, I would never recommend Kubernetes to a smaller size company. And so ECS has always been so, but I, I think, you know, even there's a lot of complexities with trying to go with ECS and in AWS kind of how do you manage that like what's the whole story because you're looking at IAM and Terraform and DevOps and you know what is so it's like we're looking for it's kind of like if that was your target ECS but this is an even kind of simpler solution
0: gotcha okay so target audience for Acorn then would you would you call it developers or would it be more towards the platform folks
1: I guess it's going to lean more towards developers, but I hate the term developer because it just doesn't really, I don't think it's very accurate description of really anyone, because it's such a wide gamut. So it's like the way I look at it is I'm, I'm much more focused on like the app owner, the team that owns the app, you know, like that was the whole idea of DevOps was like, let's put ops and dev in the same room, you know, it's like, and so they own the whole thing end to end, right? And over time that's kind of changed as the DevOps discipline has gotten more complicated and and stuff like that, where it's like now before we were trying to more empower the app teams and but then the infrastructure has gotten so complicated with, you know, AWS and Kubernetes and all this stuff that the app teams are now kind of relying on, you know, now you're platform engineering, you're building up all this stuff or whatever. So it's like, so that's where my target is really the app owner. So it's like the app owner, probably like that team, they probably got one guy on their person, sorry, who um, understands the infrastructure a little better or whatever. But like their goal is like, they have an app, they want to package it, they want to run it. Like their goal is not their day-to-day job is to run infrastructure. So it's like, if your day-to-day job is to run infrastructure, you're probably not going to care much about Acorn unless you're looking for a solution to deliver to an app team. So it's like, oh, my responsibility is to give a solution to an app team then you might look at Acorn because you, know, you can pick up and, and run Acorn for them or whatever. But our end user is going to be, you know, going to be more application-focused.
0: Gotcha, okay. Now that makes sense because you were describing initially and in making the comparisons against ECS and APaS, right? And so my first thought was, okay, yeah, we're talking more as a consumer of Acorn. We're talking more about, as you say, the app teams, right? The people who want to deploy their app. They don't care about all the details or whatever. They just want to be able to deploy their app but somebody's got to you know, like do that unless you know you guys are going to offer a hosted solution. So then we've got that quote-unquote platform team that's going to look at it and be interested in it from the perspective of, hey, we want to run this so that we can offer it to our app teams.
1: Yeah, so it's like what we have open source right now is like, it's just called, it's a runtime, it's the Acorn runtime. So anybody can pick it up and kind of see the core technology of Acorn, how it works, how you run applications, the interface and everything. And Anyone can run, it just runs on Kubernetes but it's kind of like the first step in a journey. We have a lot more coming out. There will be like a hosted option and things like that because it's, it's, it's interesting what happens is once you start using Acorn and you start packaging applications this way um, it gives a lot of consistency on how things are done such that the lower levels become much easier. So it's like the, the lower levels then become pretty much turnkey. It like it it becomes pretty much like self-driving infrastructure because the way the applications are described and, and structured is is very consistent. So it's like we can do really interesting infrastructure levels. So it is technology you can pick up and run it yourself. That will continue to be kind of supported. We're very dedicated to open source. You've seen that with what we did with Rancher, everything we have is open source, but we are we're also gonna be offering like the ability for us to run a lot of it ourselves. Because it, again, like the thing is like I really want to empower like the app team. So it's like if if you first have to get a Kubernetes cluster to then run, you know, Acorn, it's like then the game's over. It's like you're already an, an expert in inf- infrastructure. So in order for me to cater to that, to be able to get those end users, sorry, it's like I'm going forever about it. But the thing with Acorn is that like, I want the end user to be happy. The, the person who's actually packaging the like who, has, who owns the application, I want them to be happy. But then I also need the infrastructure team to be happy. So it's like, because they're going to run it, right? So it's like, I have to make both sides happy. And so, like, right now I'm really focused on the end user, like, make sure, because I know I can satisfy the kind of the infrastructure side. That, that's what I've done for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, whatever, is worked with those teams. But I really want to see with Acorn, can I make it so it's more delightful for the end user? You know, so so that's kind of some of the things we're, we're working on.
0: No, I mean, it makes sense. And being where Acorn is, like, the way it's positioned as being, you know, describing itself as a platform, an application platform, right? That naturally means you're going to straddle the infrastructure space and the app team space. I mean, you just are. And so you do have that somewhat difficult task of being able to... It's like an impossible
1: task. (laughs) Because as soon as we build Acorn, the very first thing that happens is people go, oh, it's a pass. And then you can look every single path that's ever existed has basically failed. Heroku is the closest thing to a success. And it's kind of, you know, just whatever, maybe it was mismanaged, but it, it didn't dominate or grow past what it was. So it's like this idea of we have infrastructure today, which was ridiculously complicated. And you have to hire these really expensive engineers to manage all this. And, you know, you're building platform engineering teams now. And then, then it's like, Oh, but the next layer is PaaS, And we all know it's terrible. So it's like everyone who tries to go up one layer fails and so it's interesting because I think we can do it. But like the, the obvious, if, if, if you're a betting person, you would say no. But like, it's, it's like everyone, like what's different about you? And, and so for us, what we are doing is the, I think the tendency for everyone who goes up is they immediately jump towards the app developer. They really want, so they're looking at source code, build pipelines, all that stuff. We don't really care that much about that because those things work really well. Like GitHub actions and CI, like those things are working pretty well. People are happy, they have good build tools, whatever. So I like I don't like I'm I don't want to build a platform where it's like, oh, you check in your code and we magically make it run because it's it's too restrictive. Like it just doesn't scale. I know the enterprise use cases, it's not gonna work right? Like it's great for your, you know, Ruby on Rails developer, like Heroku audience, whatever, like that, that market, it's great, because they just want to put in code, but it won't scale to enterprise or whatever. So I think that the container is still a very useful unit. And that's why when I first started described as a containerized application, because like, that's where we sit is it's like, what's in the container? i don't care as much. like i think you can address that. there's good solutions, you development tools or whatever. um we integrate very well with any ci pipeline whatever, but i think the job of just running a container is still significantly difficult and it could be easier. and a lot of this is like comes from my view of like when the when all this stuff first started, like docker was first announced, like i was blown away at like the technology abstractions that the original Docker had. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I could take these abstractions and I could make these work for um, actual scalable stuff. But then that kind of broke down in the ecosystem. When Kubernetes came in, we've spent the last like eight years or so basically catering to all the infrastructure people of making Kubernetes work really well for every infrastructure need. And so we broke down all of the abstractions and made them more transparent to satisfy all the infrastructure needs, which is great. We built an amazing infrastructure platform. Kubernetes is really still infrastructure oriented and it works everywhere. It's great, it's portable everywhere. But like we broke, you know, so it's like we had initially with Docker some really great simple abstractions. Like I'm talking about like Docker 1.10, like before Compose V3, or this is history for a lot of people, or whatever, it's like, there's some beautiful abstractions there, but they kind of, it's not that they broke down, they were abandoned because we shifted focus. And we've spent the last eight years, basically the whole time that Kubernetes been around, focused on basically helping people build and manage clusters not package and run applications. Like, so most people is like, now we're at the point where the ecosystem has grown that everyone has a cluster and can get a cluster. And now they're all recognizing, holy crap, it's still really hard to package an application because we really spent all the time solving the infrastructure needs, not the higher level. So it's like, I'm confident in that with Acorn, what we can do is... Go back to the some of those simpler abstractions, because the abstractions are sufficient to describe the application needs. So if I can describe all the application needs, then I can derive the infrastructure from it. And so it's like with Kubernetes, like it's this amazing tool. It can do anything. like and we know it really well. And so it's like Acorn describes the application. It's very simple. it's it's deceptively simple what we're doing. There's a lot of nuance, a lot of tiny little things in there that like, you don't realize of like built on a lot of years of kind of experience of doing this stuff. So it's deceptively simple, the abstraction, but from that we can derive like all the infrastructures. So you just end up getting this really nice experience where it's just like, I build and run a container and it's just kind of magic.
0: That's great. Cause I was, I was going to ask you, I was like, okay, so why did you guys jump in and build Acorn? But everything you just said basically answers that, right? Is that Kubernetes, this whole effort around Kubernetes has been tailored more towards solving infrastructure-related problems and not really addressing the application team problems of how do I get my application running onto this infrastructure? It requires them to know these Kubernetes constructs like services and ingresses and deployments. And and those things don't really, like for an application owner, an application team, they shouldn't really need to know those things. They should be able to say, I need this to be resilient, I need it to be connected in this way, and I need, you know, whatever other properties. And if you know what Kubernetes, because you're, you're leveraging Kubernetes underneath, if you know what Kubernetes can do and how to assemble those primitives together to do what you need to do, then yeah, Acorn becomes that bridge between what the application team says they need from an application perspective and what the infrastructure team says they can provide via Kubernetes.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like you can look at it because like, if you've worked on the infrastructure side and you're providing infrastructure to an app team, it's like, you kind of know, like, well, here's like, you go to the app team, it's like, what do you need? Like you ask them the questions of, they can give you the basic high level information. then you're like, okay, I'm the expert and I know the infrastructure. This is how we're going to program all the YAML and stuff like that to make it so. So it's, it's, it's that basic thing of like the needs from the application are more simply described, but it just happens to be the way to implement that, unfortunately, is a lot of technology, but it's all good. I mean, so it's like, I I look at this of like, it's just this journey of the, it, it's like, containers came out and we saw the capabilities of it and um it would have been great if we just immediately had like the magic of just running it in production immediately but unfortunately it's taken us like a decade to build out the infrastructure needed to make this so i think i think we're only like halfway through the journey where it's like if nobody can build a successful platform on top of kubernetes to leverage leverage the power of kubernetes i think kubernetes will die i don't think kubernetes is a good end user system it's an amazing platform but like if the future is not everyone touching Kubernetes. It's too complicated. It's, it's you know, some people describe it as like, kind of like the assembly language for the, you know, so it's like, how do we build the higher level language? The only way we're going to, so that's that's what we're trying to do. It's like, it's an amazing thing, but like nobody should be touching it. It's kind of like what EC2 did to the hypervisor. You know, it's it's like, yeah, there's a hypervisor, there's a physical server on AWS, but nobody sees it. It's like an amazing technology what they've done, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one layer below what you care about.
0: Right, yeah, you're trying to bring that interaction level, or even, I guess you could even call it the abstraction level, you're trying to bring that up another notch, right, so that people don't have to worry about the nitty-gritty details, instead they can describe it in higher level constructs that then can be translated into those nitty-gritty details.
1: Yeah, I I just recently on Twitter, so I was pitching my Twitter or whatever, follow me, I just tweeted something about complaining about infrastructure as code. And, um, you know, kind of upset people or whatever. But like kind of what I was saying was that, you know, infrastructure as code is like, is this really progress? Obviously, it's good. Like, it's a good pattern. Of course, we should be doing this. But you think about like the amount of technology and like, okay, now I'm writing like Go code or TypeScript to describe the infrastructure and stuff like that. And it's like the amount of effort you're putting into managing the infrastructure, right? The infrastructure is like a means to the end. Like your end goal was to run the application. So it's like, you know, it's great that we're building better tools and whatnot, but wouldn't it be better if it didn't exist? Like, shouldn't we be moving past this? Like, let's say like uh, electronics at some point, you know, we used to fix circuit boards. Now we just throw them away and get a new one. Like, can we do that to basically, we built up Kubernetes clusters. Like, why do I have to treat them like pets or whatever? Just throw it away, and get it. You know, it's like all this stuff should just be like replaceable. Nobody, you know, it's commodity, just throw it away. You know, so it's like, we're at the point now. That I feel like the DevOps discipline and stuff is like, we have enough examples of good ways to do it, that we can start encapsulating these patterns to a point that you can stop caring about it. Like, you don't need so much variability and somebody like everybody hand rolling their own thing where it's like, yeah, there's a couple things. Again, EC2 is a really good example of like, if you looked at what EC2 had for a VM compared to what VMware had for a VM... It was a joke. VMware has all these bells and whistles and you can do all these amazing things. EC2 came out and it had no features, but it was enough to get people interested. And then slowly over time, they've added features for all the random use cases for stuff. But even now, if you look at what's capable of EC2 from a user perspective, it's still significantly less than VMware. So it was like they were able to somehow within their abstraction of the the VM or whatever is focus on the important part, what was really needed to kind of accelerate that next level. And so that's what I'm trying to do with, with acorn or whatever is that it's like, I think we can solidify some of these patterns. And like, I think the container is that's the unit that's the next level that like, that's kind of where I'm going to stop or whatever is. I, I think there's enough patterns or whatever. So it's like, if you have a container, I can kind of just make everything magically work under the hood. But the, the difficulty with that is, um, what Kubernetes has proved is it's like it's not just running the container because there's plenty of ways to run a container. AWS has like 15 different ways that you can, I don't know if that number is correct, I think, but it's somewhere surprisingly around. It's in the teams or whatever. So they have like 15 different ways you can run a container on their platform. The hard thing is not actually running the container. What Kubernetes has proven, because on Kubernetes, running the container is just running a pod, but it's like, well, how do you uh, scale it? Well, you need a replica set. Well, how do you upgrade it? Well, now you need, need a deployment. Oh, well, how do I get traffic to it? I need a service. Like, so what you realize is like running the container, the actual running part, that's simple. It's everything else around it. Like that's the difficult part. And so what we figured out kind of as an industry was like the container was not uh, an actual sufficient unit. It's like, it's a great portable. It's the equivalent of an AMI. It's like that's the way you can package the code, but your application is really a lot more. That's more of like if you're like Kubernetes and stuff. That's the Helm chart. That's your all your description. Like, how do I encapsulate all of that into a good unit? And that's what like at the heart of Acorn is the Acorn image, and that's like our package. Is like how do you describe a full application? And like not only do you describe the application, but you can build it into an asset that you can sign, distribute, and run anywhere. So when I talk about like building the next layer of like abstraction or whatever, it's like what we're doing with Acorn is we have the Docker image was one layer. We've now kind of built one more package on top of it because the industry examples, you know, reality has proven that we need another package. You know, in, in, in Kubernetes, that's the helm chart. But what we're you know doing is kind of working at a different level of abstraction.
0: Yeah, because I know you had mentioned several times packaging. And so I was getting the impression that there was going to be another layer of packaging, right? And uh-huh. it above and beyond the container. So that makes sense. If we can, I'd like to shift a little bit and talk about somebody getting started. you know, They they listen to the podcast and they're like, hey, this sounds really interesting. This sounds like something I would like to really take a look at. What's some of the best way for somebody to get started? And I think we probably need to look at this from sort of two perspectives. One is, some of my audience comes from a strong infrastructure background, and so they're going to be the ones that are looking at it because they want to offer it to their application teams, Right. Um, so we, you know, talk about like, so what do they need to do? I think I have an idea already, but we will confirm that. And then the other side is, okay, I'm an I'm, I'm part of an application team, and this sounds really useful because I don't want to deal with Kubernetes primitives and all the details of you know what I have to configure to just run my application. So how do I get started as an application team? Let, let's take the infrastructure crowd first. Like somebody hears this, they think this is a great idea. What do they need to do to get started?
1: Yeah, so right now, so the project we have open source, we open sourced this last year, um, around August last year, so it was almost a year ago. So you can go in to GitHub, pick that up, It's the Acorn runtime. So that's kind of the heart of the system. That's the core runtime, how you can package and run applications. And so you can pick that up. It runs on any Kubernetes cluster. Uh, It's really simple to install. Uh, you just need to make sure to make it work. You just need like an ingress controller, a storage class, uh, and a service load, and, like service load balancer support. And then it will pretty much just work. So for anyone who already knows Kubernetes, super easy. Just get that up and running. And then you can start using it, building acorns, running them. So that's kind of for the, the, the infrastructure side, what they can do today.
0: Okay. Exactly what I expected from <laughs> the way you were describing it. So I'm glad to no, know that I wasn't like too far off. Which means that, you know, really somebody could just fire up, you know, EKS cluster essentially, right? Um, which is super simple these days, and then throw acorn on top of it and then they're ready to roll. Okay, so let's flip the coin then. What about the application teams? What's the best way for them to get started if they have this available or if they are interested in?
1: Yeah, so the kind of the fundamental issue with the runtime uh, is like if you're an app team and you don't want to deal with all the infrastructure, then you know you're going to pick that up and run it or whatever. It's like we have to have a hosted solution, and so the timing of this uh, uh, podcast probably works. You know, works out good that we're running a, a private beta. It'll be you know close. It'll be public beta pretty soon, but we're running a private beta, so it's like. Contact us if we'll have a fully managed solution. And so that one you can come and you have two options of basically just so you get kind of like a serverless experience. It's just the Acorn abstraction. You can just go and run containers. It can run on our infrastructure or you can bring your AWS keys and it'll run on that infrastructure and all of that stuff. We're building that all out. We'll be looking to open source all that too and stuff like that. Um, so eventually that will be something like even the infrastructure teams can pick up and they can kind of run it themselves too. But fundamentally for us to cater to the crowd who does not want to do anything with infrastructure, we have to have a hosted solution. So it's like, so that will come in and, it's off, and what we'll be offering, is like it's, it's free for the people coming in or whatever, because you're, if you bring your own infrastructure, like your AWS key, then you're running on your own infrastructure. So that's, that's what we'll kind of be offering there. And that layer is actually really interesting when we look at that of like, so we'll have two open source projects right now. We've just open source the runtime. And then there's the next layer above, which is the management. And so the hosted solution is running the the manager, but what that adds on top of it, which is really critical, is the um, identity uh, component, like authentication, authorization, identity. What this allows us to do is some really cool, powerful stuff because the identity we can then integrate into AWS. And so in the hosted solution, what you can do, and this will you know all be open source one day, is, is the you can go and say like, I want an RDS database. So it's like, as Acorn, we don't want to provide persistent services. We're not interested in all those services. Those great services out there. Like the difficulty is just basically getting access to like brokering, you know, so it's like, so what we can do is, is we can go in all the AWS services that exist, you can just go and easily um, access those. And so there's a way that you can write these Acorns to basically kind of broker access to these services. And it's all done through this identity integration stuff. So it's all IAM and all it's all this crazy stuff, all the complexities of AWS. Uh, and so it's it's really cool of like so you can go in there and it's like you you know you want SQS or SNS or S3 or or RDS all those services you can very easily get those but you're dealing with everything from an application level like you're not looking at like if because if I want RDS it's like I need a subnet group or you know a, a, yeah subnet group and what VPC is it in and and all, you know all that stuff you don't see any of that we don't like it's all managed under the hood like you just you're saying I want a database so here's your database here's the endpoint here's the credentials there's you know so it's the same thing like for s3 you like i just want a bucket like i don't want to, you know i'm not dealing with the iam rules and stuff like that the native uh, authorization framework within acorn extends over into the buckets and stuff like that so
0: it's pretty cool yeah that's nice you have been mentioning um, using the term acorns which i guess is the term to describe sort of the package that yeah. is above the container level right and this is something the application team is going to create I assume, either using CLI or using some sort of DSL or something else of yeah. that nature, right?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like you have a Docker file today to build a Docker image. We have an Acorn file to build an Acorn image. And so it's our own DSL, it's our own descriptor. You describe your application and everything that you need, uh, and then you build that into an Acorn, and then you can push and pull that. It is an OCI artifact It goes into a Docker registry. And so you can build your application. And it's cool because like, when you build it, any referenced images or whatever all get kind of locked in by digest and that all gets, you know, kind of packaged together. So we have strict digest references to everything. So it's like that one uh, Acorn image describes your whole app and it has your whole app in it too, uh, you know, just through OCI references, we don't copy data, but it's just, just referencing it. It's really cool. But there's this whole service framework within Acorn uh, too. So it's like you can write Acorns, which basically uh, provision and manage and expose services. So you can have acorns that are so we just call those are called service acorns. So in your application, you can say, oh, "Well, I want this service," and you use a service acorn for like RDS or SQS or you know a managed service doesn't have to be AWS. And so you can write those and package them up.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so that's kind of the way that you're gonna at least initially sort of provide that relatively seamless access to native services on the cloud. Is that somebody will just say, "Here's my application. I need a database," so I'll define an acorn for the database. And then the management platform that you guys are working on uh, will then be able to translate that into whatever, you know, underneath. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's not like really magic what we're doing. Like, it's a very extensible platform. Like, so what we're providing a bunch of acorns out of the box for services, but everything we're doing, you can do yourself, too. So if you they're all open source, too. So if you go and you look at it, we're just running CDK inside. So it's like you write a little bit of CDK which does the the nitty gritty integration. And when you do that level of integration, you can get what's the VPC ID and you know some of the lower level details of AWS. So you can do this. But so you write the CDK and then you package that in an acorn. So then it's this nice encapsulated package for like the end user that they don't know any of the details of what's going on. So it's like, we can write these acorns to encapsulate services for pretty much anything. So we have another example of like, um, like MongoDB Atlas. So it's just like, I want a MongoDB. And, you know, so, and then it just, you, you provide your Atlas credentials and then it will go and provision the database there. So it's like, our intention is like, we don't want to provide the services. And we also not so much about like day two on those services, but because you're getting it from a managed service, you know, it's like I'm getting it from MongoDB Atlas, or I'm getting it from AWS. They do all the operations, right? Like, so we just need to poker it. But the amazing thing is, is like, is the difficulty today of just like basically getting and consuming services. Like we spend so much time just trying to manage that aspect of it. And so we're just providing a a kind of like a life cycle and experience around that of how you can basically package up these services and consume them and and, and running itself. And so that's all part of like the, the managed solution, but again, it will be all open source and you can do it yourself. It's just requires a lot of knowledge on how to AWS and stuff works.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, if if we're honest, that's really no different than, you know, a team that's trying to use, let's say, CDK. You know, today, right? The knock is not against CDK. So, don't get me wrong. It's just against the complexity of the infrastructure. So, if somebody's running a fairly complex containerized application on AWS. Yeah and they have all these other services, they need some persistence layers or something of that nature, then there is going to be, you know, another half dozen or dozen different resources that have to be defined and linked yeah. together in order for them to just be able to consume, hey, I need a MySQL database that I want, you know, AWS to manage, right? There's, the RDS example is a great example because there is like half a dozen things that have to be created in order for that to work. Yeah,
1: and, and, so, and so I think that like what you're seeing is it's like CDK is great, Terraform is great, all these things, but, but the, the problem with those is they're the language of infrastructure. Like the app teams don't understand that. So there's nothing that that's fundamentally wrong in the capabilities. But like what I see, like a problem of is like, oh, just give CDK to your app team. Well, all of AWS bleeds through. You have to know AWS in order to. So it's like it's not abstracted or packaged enough to keep you away from all the nitty gritty details of AWS, unless you're extremely disciplined in creating constructs. What I think is like all we're trying to do is like you can take all those frameworks, Terraform or Pulumi or whatever framework you want, and you can very easily encapsulate those in reusable units and put it into a language that your app teams can understand. So it's a level of abstraction. And so the whole idea of Acorn is it's kind of a, a new way to describe things, but it's done from an application perspective. It's a little higher level. And so we think that distinction is really important because you look at like Kubernetes of like Kubernetes can do anything. You just do up in YAML, you can make it work. Right. But, the, but the problem is, is like, is you're mixing concerns. It's like, I'm describing my application and I'm describing infrastructure and I need knowledge in both. So it's useful to create a line of like, okay, this is the stuff I care about. And this is what I don't care about. And that's what we're trying to do with Acorn. It's like, we're not fundamentally changing anything. It's like, we're just kind of separating and sorting the information. It's just like, the The amount of work is too much for one team to handle, so we can just offload this certain amount. Like we're just we're just taking what you would have had to do and, and just done it for you. You know,
0: I mean, as I think about it, it's really just enabling the sort of split that's kind of happening anyway, right? I mean, we talked about this a little earlier in the show about how you know application um, teams are wrestling with a lot of this complexity and stuff. And so now you have the rise of the platform engineering teams or similar sort of organizations within companies. And they want to have then a set of tools that help the platform engineering team, but you still need a set of tools that helps the application team. And it seems like Acorn just kind of is aiming to provide a natural split for that to occur.
1: Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it it aligns kind of like with this platform engineering trend that's going on where it's like, people are like, Oh, we have to build these platforms. And so what we're kind of saying is like, I mean, I know you have to kind of build the platforms because you have so many various requirements and all this other random stuff or whatever, but with Acorn, we're kind of saying, well, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it, it aligns kind of like with this platform engineering trend that's going on where it's like people are like, oh, we have to build these platforms. And so what we're kind of saying is like, I mean, I know you have to kind of build the platforms because you have so many various requirements and all this other random stuff or whatever. But with Acorn, we're kind of saying, well, with Rancher, we spent the last whatever, it's like eight years helping people run clusters And so it's like, we we saw this over and over and over again. It was like very obvious, like five or so years ago, that every single team that brings on Kubernetes is going to build a platform on top of it. They're not going to give it directly to the app teams. They're going to build a platform. And and so that's where it is. So it's like everyone's adopted Kubernetes. And even if you're not on Kubernetes, AWS is sufficiently complex or whatever that you have to build a platform now it just makes sense it's like if you're like you know a huge company of jp morgan or something you know chase those guys are really good they can build their own platform but there's tons of companies that why are you spending so much time so it's like if you follow me on twitter like i complain about platform engineering about like i'll say like it's a terrible trend but it's needed it makes sense I, i understand why we are here but it's terrible from my perspective of like the industry has gotten to the perspective, it's like to the place where it's so complicated that the solution is everyone has to build a platform. It's like, how is that good? Like, that's expensive. Like, why is everyone building a platform? Like, can we kind of figure out how to, you know, not have everyone have to reinvent this? Yeah,
0: Yeah, essentially forcing everyone to build a platform to me seems to indicate that there is a gap in the market that we are not providing something that is sufficiently standardized or generic enough that, most people can adopt it. Like there should be something out there that can address the 80% use case, you know? Yeah. We hope we can do that. (laughs) All right. Perfect. Well, we are getting uh, towards the end of time. So thank you so much, Darren. I appreciate you being on. I've enjoyed the conversation. I learned a ton. I'm going to go play with Acorn as soon as I have some free time. Before we wrap up, uh, remind folks again where they can find you online.
1: Um, well, so for Acorn Labs, so Acorn.io. that's just go to our website. That's the main spot. All of our stuff's on GitHub. There's links over to there. Me personally, you can follow me. I build the cloud on Twitter. I think we're at Acorn Labs on Twitter too.
0: Okay, perfect. That sounds great. I really enjoyed our conversation, listeners. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to thank you again for listening to the Full Stack Journey podcast. I'm always open to hear your feedback on the podcast. Uh, So don't hesitate to reach out to me, Um, like Darren. I can be found on Twitter. You can reach me as at Scott underscore low, or you can hit the podcast Twitter handle at FSJ podcast. As always, this episode will be published on the Packet Pushers website and on a variety of podcast platforms. We hope you enjoy the show. This has been the Full Stack Journey podcast where too much learning is never enough.